Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. This week I have an amazing interview lined up for you guys. I have Kristen on the podcast and we are going to talk all about why as women we spend way too much time stressing about perfection in our eating and going back and forth between that all or nothing healthy living approach. I think we all can probably relate to this. So Kristen shares with us how to ditch dieting, how to simplify our nutrition and uncomplicate our eating so we can eat well and we can live well out the stress and without the restrictions. So if you guys know anything about me, you know that food is not my strong suit. I'm not the healthiest eater. I'm definitely not a fancy cook or a Pinterest worthy recipe type of mom. That's just not me. So I love inviting guests on that can help me as well as you guys learn more about this kind of stuff and grow. And the reason why I wanted to have Chris on the podcast was because of her holistic approach. And she just really makes this a lot of fun. She makes it really full of freedom. She takes the struggle out of it and she walks us through how she grew through her own struggles with food and how that turned into freedom in her life. And now she is obviously obsessed and super passionate about helping other women live this healthy, balanced life. So you guys are going to love this conversation. For me, it was just a huge weight off my shoulders, a breath of fresh air, just exactly what I needed to hear. I literally teared up (laughs) while we were recording this several times because I really needed to hear this message. So hopefully you guys do too, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, we have another great interview lined up for y'all this week. I have Chris, Healthy Mama Chris with me, and I am just like so excited for you guys to get to know her. So welcome and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, Sammy, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to chat with you. So as you said, I'm Kristen Dovniak, aka Healthy Mama Chris. It's a lot easier to say than Dovniak. (laughs) So I am a holistic health coach. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor and a mama of two, hence the healthy mama, Chris. Yes. And really what I do is I help women stress less about healthy living so they can enjoy their lives more. So I'm the founder of Healthy Mama Chris. I'm also the host of a podcast myself, the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. And I work one-on-one and with groups, with clients around the world to help them really heal their relationship with food and learn the simple routines and rituals and habits to find their balance when it comes to health and nutrition and in life. I love that. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. I get so many questions about food and I am not the food expert. Like I don't enjoy cooking. I'm not a super healthy eater. Like I'm just, it's not my area of expertise. So I love to bring on other women who can share areas that I'm lacking in and kind of you know, en- enrich the conversation a little bit. And I can ask mm-hmm. you some questions that I actually need to know the answers to for my own life and my own goals. Yes. Um, so I'm just really, I'm just so excited for all the questions that we have lined up. So I want to know how you got started how you got to the place that you are now. Oh, my story is, it's quite long and winding. Um, But I guess the short way to share is that I spent most of my early life fighting with my body. So I had a pretty normal childhood. I always talk about my dad who is just so wonderful and he loves being outside in nature. So he's always had a really beautiful garden. So we were really blessed as kids to grow up with lots of fresh vegetables and sometimes there was fruit in there and he loves to fish, so he would bring home fresh fish. But other than those things, 
I wasn't exactly the healthiest eater growing up. Um, and that's just what my mom knew, right? She, we ate a lot of processed foods. We ate the blue box mac and cheese and toaster strudels right. and all of those things. And I grew up, you know, kind of blissfully unaware of my body for a long time, just eating the foods, you know, living life as a normal kid, no real issues there until I got to high school. Um, and it was early on in high school that I started becoming a lot more aware of my body and my body size. And I had a comment made about me at one point, and it was it was a kind comment that was made about me and my weight and having maybe lost a little bit of weight. At the time, I was training for my black belt. I was a martial artist for a number of years, and I was training for my black belt. And one of the moms was like, wow, Kristen, you look great. Have you lost some weight? And I was like, oh, maybe. I guess. Um, I think I've been working out more. I was so taken aback because no one had ever made a comment like that about my body. And I had heard, you know, my mom and my, you know, aunts and all of them, you know, they were just doing the thing that people did in the 90s where they yeah. went on this plan or that diet or those sort of things and nothing too extreme. But I'd heard them talk about losing weight or gaining weight before, but I never really heard, you know, somebody say it to me. And so, it kind of gave me this sense of worth and purpose that I, I don't think I received from any other area at that time. And so I sort of hung on to that. So that was sort of the catalyst for me going, I'm going to read all of the diet books and all of the diet magazines. And I jumped into pretty much every plan you could think of, you know, from the crazy ones like the master cleanse to ones that are a little bit more traditional that people still do today. And I lost more weight. The problem happened when I kept losing weight and I got very obsessed with my food and with my fitness. And I went to a point of trying to be healthy to being very unhealthy and mm -hmm. developing an eating disorder in late high school and early college. And thankfully, my best friend from high school sat me down. I was my, in my first year of college and she looked at me and she was like, Kristen, if you don't get help, then I'm going to get help for you because this isn't okay. And I think I knew inherently at the time I was in college majoring in nutrition because what else does one who was obsessed with food do? They major in nutrition. And so I was learning the basics of nutrition. I was initially going to school to become a dietitian. I ended up taking the sports nutrition route instead. But I, I knew that I had gone too far. I knew I had gone to the extreme, but I wasn't sure how to kind of get out of it. So I went and I went through some eating disorder treatment. I went and saw a dietitian. She helped me regain the weight. But what was really interesting about this whole season was that I healed my body pretty quickly. I regained the weight that I had lost. My body got back to a place where it was healthy, but I hadn't really healed my relationship with food. Mm, so I still had yeah. a really rocky relationship with food where I still saw a lot of foods as good or bad. And I really wanted to kind of control myself and control my body through food. I didn't think that there was any other way. You know, we were taught in school to count your calories or, you know, make sure you don't eat too much of this or too much of that. And I still had that sort of mindset around food. So flash forward a couple of years, I ended up meeting my dream guy in college and uh, he just so happens to be Canadian and I needed a reason to go up to Canada and be with him. So I decided to go to culinary school. Mm -hmm. So I went up to Toronto and I dove into the world of food and cooking, which is something, you know, growing up as a kid, my mom wasn't the biggest cook. Um, you know, she, she always made us food at home, but I had kind of started getting into food a little bit as a teenager. I became a vegetarian. And so I had to cook some of my own stuff. I ended up going on this incredible whirlwind trip to Italy for about six weeks. I spent a semester, a summer semester there and started learning about cooking there. And I was pretty passionate about food and I really wanted a way to combine my love of nutrition with my love of food. So I'm in this. I'm in culinary school. I'm learning about food. I'm developing this passion for food. And at the same time, I'm also sort of battling my body a little bit because I'm like, I love food. There was this really dichotomous relationship where I love food. I love to eat. I love to cook for people. But I also thought in order to be healthy, I needed to do it a certain way. So I spent a number of years, like many women do, I think, sort of wavering between diets and eating styles. And, you know, 
really not sure where my footing was. I was working as a natural foods personal chef. I was helping other people live a healthy life. Um, and I became certified in holistic nutrition because I was going through some digestive issues and hormonal imbalances all the while. You know, I wasn't treating my body well because I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do. I was basically eating as little as possible during the week and then just overeating on the weekend because we lived in this incredible mecca of food in this big city. So I was kind I spent a number of years kind of going back and forth in trying to heal my health and my digestive issues and kind of obsessing over that, but then trying to get my weight to a certain point, but also loving food. And I think that, you know, many women have a very similar experience in that they very much love food and, or at least a lot of women I know love food, but aren't sure how to eat in a way that's healthy and also delicious. So that was kind of my original intention, how I wanted to share this with people, but I was certainly not there myself. So along the way, my husband and I were married for a few years and we decided to start a family and I got pregnant with my first daughter who's six now. And I thought that I'd spent all of these years, you know, really working on my health and getting my health back to this place that I thought was really great. And I ended up having a really, really difficult pregnancy. I was so unexpected to me because I think I thought that I was just the healthiest that I had ever been. And I ended up with all of these complications and a really, really scary sort of labor and delivery experience that made me feel almost like my body was fighting against me. Like I had been trying, I'd been striving for so many years to be this healthiest version of myself. And my body was just, it was not happy with me. And after all of this, I'm a new mom and like any new mom, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And I did what many new moms think is the right thing to do. I decided that it was time to get my body back, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> after baby. So I jumped into an online fitness program similar to, again, a lot of women's experiences. It's, it's not much different, but I, once again, not having healed my relationship with food and not approaching this in a way that was balanced, I took it to the extreme. So what was one, you know, three-week online fitness program that I did turned into three years of obsessing once again over food and fitness. And I ended up doing a fitness competition which was a wild experience. And I can't believe I ended up doing it. And I did really well. I placed second. And at the end of it, I remember standing on the stage and sort of wondering what I was doing there. Almost having one of those surreal out-of-body experiences going, what am I doing here? I didn't want any of my family or friends to be there with me because I didn't want them to see me in that state. I didn't want them to see me covered in spray tan and a sparkly purple bikini. I let my husband and my sister come. And I think when I realized that it was a part of me that I didn't want anyone else to see, it was that moment where I was like, something's got to change. But a few weeks later, something even more unexpected ended up happening when I woke up one morning to go do my normal morning workout. And I went to go pick up a weight and I couldn't even lift a 10 pound weight. And I had no idea what was going on in my body because I had been lifting hundreds of pounds in preparation for this fitness competition because I was trying to get my body to the best shape it had ever been. And I was for all intents and purposes. If you looked at me, I was in the best shape of my life. And I couldn't lift a 10 pound weight. And I remember kind of panicking and just thinking it was like a fluke, like, oh, maybe I'm just tired and trying to pick it up again. And it was like my arm was jello. I was like, what is going on? So I woke my husband up and he's like, you're probably just tired. Just give it a little time. You just did this fitness competition. And over the course of the next week or so, I started developing all these really crazy symptoms where I was just constantly tired. And I had a two-year-old at the time and I was falling asleep, sitting up, playing with her. I remember she had just gotten this new little Peppa Pig playhouse that she loved. And I was playing with her sitting on the floor and I was falling asleep. And so I went to go see several doctors and they did a whole bunch of tests. And really the only thing that they could tell me were that my stress hormones were out of whack and that what I was experiencing was essentially chronic fatigue, that my body was fighting back, that my body was telling me loud and clear that enough was enough that I, I couldn't do this to myself anymore. And I'm really thankful for that because, you know, I, I had that moment. I had that. My body told me it was, it was done. 
it was time to stop that I needed, I needed a new way. And so from there, I spent the next couple of months healing my body and taking it really easy, going on walks, nourishing my body, no longer tracking or counting or measuring my macros or anything like that, which took me a long time, I will say, to get out of the mode of, because that's where I was at in terms of what I thought was healthy. And during that time, I also discovered uh, intuitive eating, which is what I practice now, which is really a non-diet nutrition framework to nourish your body by connecting with your body. And it was such a foreign concept to me from so many years learning that it had to be a certain way and wavering between all these diets and plans and programs to learn how to actually connect with my body was so new and different. And I worked with an intuitive eating counselor who kind of helped me on my way. And it was from there that I knew that everything in my life had to change, not just my own physical body and the way I was treating my body. But at the time, I was working as a health and fitness coach doing or teaching people essentially what I was doing, teaching them how to just lose weight, these quick fixes, how to get fit. And I took almost a year off from coaching to really find my footing and decide what balance looked like for me and how I could help women find the same balance that took me over a decade to find. And so that's what I do today. I work as a certified intuitive eating counselor and I help women learn how to reconnect with their bodies. And I see reconnect because we're all born intuitive eaters. We all know how to eat and what feels good. And sometimes we need some guidance and what foods are going to feel good in our body and how to incorporate more real whole foods. And I, I work with them on that as well. But I really help them reconnect with their bodies and tune into what their bodies are telling them in terms of what they need instead of just constantly wavering between these plans and programs, as I know I was for so many years and so many other women have experienced the same. So that is what I do now as a holistic health coach and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm just I'm so passionate about helping women find what I love to call their beautiful balance. Oh my gosh. That is such a good story. Like, oh, that's crazy. It's so many ups and downs and it's so relatable. Like I feel like mm -hmm. what you said about your childhood, how you were raised with food. I, I mean, that was me and that was, that's a lot of people that I know. It's just kind of, you know, those of us who grew up in like the eighties, the nineties, like that was just the thing. I mean, we grew up on mac and cheese and Kool-Aid and <laughs> cereal and like, that was our, that was our life. And my husband and I were just talking the other day about our journey to drinking water. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how we honestly could not remember drinking water as kids. Like yeah. out of the hose when you're like outside playing, you know, like <laughs> when your mom will let you back in the house. <laughs> but like other than that, we did not drink water as kids. We drank Kool-Aid. We drank sodas. <laughs> and that was it. I and mean, we just we had this whole conversation about that, about how I, I don't know if it was just like a generational thing or and I think like our parents, you know, the age our parents grew up in and the age our grandparents grew up in. And even now, my grandma, you can't tell her that it's too many carbs at a meal. Like, I mean, she will literally serve like mashed potatoes, like a pasta, like two kinds of bread. And you're just like, there's nothing good for me in here. You know, <laughs> you can't tell her because she's like, get full. That's, you know, that's the goal. <laughs> and I think a lot of us were raised like that. Um, and so I just, I love what you do and I love, I love the way you approach it and that whole intuitive eating and all of that. That's exactly why I wanted to have you on because everything that I talk about is so much like finding your balance, getting in alignment, like making sure your goals actually are your goals, not what society tells you should be your goals. And we definitely have to do that with our bodies as well, because our bodies are the foundation. And like, <laughs> you know, we can't build a strong foundation if our bodies are not strong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just love exactly what you, I love everything that you do. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about what it was like to overcome your past and actually like forgive yourself because that's what I hear a lot of people say. And a lot of people will go into, well, that's just how I was raised and just, that's it. That's how my mom is. That's how my dad, you know, whatever. And it's almost like if you change, then you are 
kind of insulting your childhood. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like insulting yeah. the way your mother raised you. Like you're not you're not implying she was a bad mother, but okay, we got to do something different. So what do you say in those situations and how do we forgive ourselves and how do we forgive our parents and like move forward? Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I've had so many conversations with my mom about this, you know, as I've gone through this journey, because I'm like, you know, it wasn't your fault. It's all you knew. Because I know she's been like, I feel so bad. I fed you all these processed foods. And I'm like, no, mom, processed foods still have a place in a healthy, balanced life. I truly believe that we want to eat more of the real stuff, but they have a place. But my mom didn't know any better. She grew up like that. She grew up, you know, her parents were coming from the generation of the Great Depression. And, you know, it was finish everything on your plate. It was food is scarce. So we have to, you know, we have to make sure that we eat everything. It was also, you know, processed foods were new and interesting. And people thought that like, this is the way, right? This is the modern way. This is convenience is the modern way without really considering the impact it might have on our bodies. So, and that was it. My mom, you know, my mom and my dad both worked and a lot of it was just convenience and that's just how they could get food on the table. So I think in talking to her and having that conversation and going, you know, I don't, I don't blame you for how I ate growing up or, you know, any of that. It's really just, it's being able to move forward from there. And, and also forgiving myself for the way that I treated my body for so many years, because I also didn't know another way. I knew what society told me. I knew what culture told me. I knew what I heard from those women telling me that, you know, oh, you, you, you look good. You lost weight. And I was like, oh, I lost weight. I am good. And that's just what I thought it was. And culture backs that up. Our society backs it up. You see all over Instagram and Facebook and these ads that tell you, you know, you're going to have the best life if you just lose the next 10 pounds or whatever. And many of us do. We go on the plan, we lose the 10 pounds and then we gain it back and we continue that cycle. But that's what we're told. And so I think learning to forgive myself in that this is what I know or I knew and this is what society has taught us for so many years. And, you know, the the Maya Angelou quote, which I always butcher, but it always comes up when I think about this, where we know better, we do better. That's paraphrasing. But once once I knew that there was another way besides this like cycle of dieting, then I could forgive myself for my past and kind of move forward in my future going, no, balance is an option. It's actually an option to maybe still enjoy some of those foods I enjoyed as a child that might not be so great for me, but also bring in those new things and to not have it be something that, you know, I'm on this constant cycle anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's what's also been really important is learning how to trust my body. And I know that in working with clients, that's a huge thing. So many of us are taught that we can't trust trust our bodies, that we have to rely on a plan or an app or something like that to tell us what we should eat or how much we should eat. And certainly the science of nutrition is important. And I never want to um, negate that because it is absolutely, it's always ever growing and changing and we can learn things from the new research that's coming out and apply them. But it's about knowing how to apply those things for ourselves and kind of let go of what doesn't work, which is is the problem. We can't trust our bodies to tell us what works and what doesn't. That's where we end up running into, you know, getting back on that kind of hamster wheel cycle. So I think learning how to trust my body and trust that our bodies functioned well and they knew how to tell when we were hungry, when we were full, what tasted good, what is satisfying before we had the apps and the plans and the programs and all of those tools that we think are the best thing. Sort of like going back to, you know, our parents thought that, or our grandparents thought that processed foods were the new modern way. And now we're like, oh yeah, it's just the app. Yeah. You just follow the app, then you're good for life. And it's like, well, the app might teach you something, but what are you going to do after the app? Right? So, so that's really where I think I've had to learn how to, you know, forgive my past and then move forward with a new way in the future. Yeah. I love that so much. I feel like I have grown over the years and a lot of what you were saying, I relate to in the way of like my childhood, I grew up, I was just super skinny, super short. Like I was just a very petite little person. Um, and I had the metabolism of like, whew, I could eat literally whatever I wanted and never 
like my body, it didn't phase it. And then I moved it with my husband and he's in a phenomenal cook. Oh my gosh. And he introduced me to like all these foods that I had never had and all these things. And that's when I actually decided, oh, I love food. Mm -hmm. That's just how good of a cook he is. Like he will make you love food. So I was like, okay, I love it. I'm going to eat it. And then like I started having babies and my body started changing. And then I was like, oh, wait. And then after I have a baby, I have to lose the weight. And like, I have this certain amount of time and I've got to get the weight off. And then a couple years later, I have another baby. And then, you know, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, what am I even doing? And in the past couple of years, I feel like my, my youngest is almost five. And so I'm like, kind of trying to get to the mental place of like, okay, this is my body now. Like I have birthed three babies. I'm almost 32. This is my body. Mm But then it's like finding that balance of how to have the best body and be good to my body, but also accept I'm in my thirties. I've birthed three children. This is kind of, this is what it looks like. And I'm beautiful. So what do you say about like that middle ground? How do, how do I, and I'm sure everyone listening who has birthed babies and is also in their thirties is like, yes, I want to accept my stretch marks. I want to say I'm beautiful, but also like, I want to do what's good for my body. So where is that middle ground? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. And can we just, first of all, just kill the notion that there's a timeline for getting your body back after baby or <laughs> that you. you have a body to get back, right? Cause this is still your yeah, body. Get back is like- Your body's never left. <laughs> we have this idea that our body before is this body that we just sort of have to like pull back in or that, you know, there's it within a certain amount of time, you know, we see the celebrities, right? We're like six weeks post baby. And I'm like, and nobody mentioned the tummy tuck that they had or whatever it was, yeah. because that's their job. Or the chef that they have like right. living in their yeah. house, the personal trainer that comes over every single day. Like, yes. It's their job. <laughs> yeah. It is their yeah. job to look a certain way to be on camera. And it is our job, and hopefully they're also taking care of their little one, but it is our job as moms after we have a baby to take care of that baby and to take care of ourselves so we can take care of that baby and the other people in our lives the best we can. And most of us don't have personal chefs and personal trainers and all that to come in. And I think many of us wouldn't want that either. If we're not a celebrity, it takes a lot of work. I was in that place where I was obsessing, you know, all day long over that. And it, it was miserable. It wasn't joyful. And the difference between my, you know, kind of postpartum with my first baby, where it was, I had a few months of bliss and then I was like, time to get that body back, whatever that means. And then, you know, going into that phase where I really wasn't present in my life the way I wanted to be. And it was so different with my second daughter, even though I had another child to take care of, which was definitely um, a whole new world <laughs> because yeah. your energy is like drained from the moment you wake up because you're like, wait, I have to take care of two of them now. <laughs> There's two of them. <laughs> so I think the first thing is, you know, just reminding the woman who's listening that first of all, your body will end up in a place that's right for your body if you focus on taking care of your body instead of trying to control your body. I talk about that notion a lot of if self-care versus self-control. If we're constantly fighting with our bodies or trying to force our body into a place that's not right for our body, our body's going to fight back. And that's just natural. That's our body's natural instinct. If our body's feeling extra stressed out, if it's in that fight or flight mode and it's not getting a lot of sleep postpartum after baby, we need to give ourselves some grace and we need to give ourselves some time and remember that our job is to care for baby and to care for ourselves. And it's our body's job to take care of us with whatever we give our body. So this is the time for nourishment, right? Not the time to try and like force our bodies into a size that might not be right for us right then. So it will take time and you will, you know, you'll lose the baby weight eventually, but we have to allow, we have to take care of our bodies, right? The more we we are in that, you know, on again, off again, fight with our bodies, the the harder it's going to be for that to be something that is maintainable. Now, how much quote unquote baby weight you lose and where your body ends up now, that's another story, right? And that's hard. That's that area where it's like, okay, now how do I accept where my body ends up? So giving ourselves the space first and knowing that it does take time, but that our bodies know what to do. They're way smarter than we think. And that, I think that's the biggest thing that's like made me so upset with society, like learning all of these things about how dieting doesn't work long-term and all of this. I'm like, but, but (laughs) we need the time. We need to take care of our bodies and giving our bodies that time and that space and allowing them 
and knowing that they are so, so smart and they know what to do and that they will find the place that's right for you first. And then going, okay, so how can I then accept the body I have now and remember what the body I have now has done and what the body I have now is doing for me each and every day? You know, I mentioned with my first daughter, I really honestly, and it pains me to talk about, but I really wasn't present for her in those first couple years of her life. Like I really wanted to be, and I wish I could go back and change, but I can't, but I can, I can do better now and I can be better now. And the body that I have now, even though it's different than the body I had before I had my first baby in between and, you know, it's, it's changed and evolved and eventually now it is where it is. But what it does for me is it allows me to show up for my family. It allows me to show up for my clients. It allows me to show up for my podcast listeners. It allows me to run a marathon, which is something that I never would have been able to do when I was obsessing over my macros or how many reps I was getting into the gym or anything like that that. It allows me to run after my kids and play with them at the playground and have energy all day long. You know, it allows me to hold my babies, to pick them up and throw them over my shoulder and swing them around and have fun with them. It allows me to cook beautiful meals. I could go on and on and on. So any of those, any days where I'm feeling a little bit like, remember that time my body was super fit? I remind myself of what life was actually like when my body Mm -hmm. was, you know, quote unquote, super fit. It wasn't really as fit as it is now or as energized as it is now and I wasn't showing up the way I wanted to. So what does your body do for you? How does your body help you show up in the world? And then how can I best care for my body in every season? So in that postpartum season, how can I best care for my body? Oftentimes it's like giving your body as much rest as you possibly can in between nursing or feeding and, you know, middle of the night wake ups and all of that stuff. And then also nourishing our body with, with food that feels good for us as well. But I think in the light of, again, taking care of your body instead of trying to control it, right? I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I I think right now I have been in this on this journey these past two years really like for like a mental health journey. Mm-hmm. And actually what triggered that, what got me to start counseling, start like talking to my doctor about my mental health, like actually kind of like a breaking point. I started a new workout routine. It was like a beginning of the year online workout, you know, the the usual. Um, and I got to about February. I did really great in January. I did went to about February and I physically hurt myself. Like mm-hmm. I had my whole entire shoulder, arm, all the way down. I could not hardly move it. Mm. My left arm. Um, I had like pinched a nerve. I it was hurting all the way across my chest. I mean, like this whole big thing. So much so that like I thought it was my heart. Like I thought I had heart problems, and it was just a, it ended up to just be like a pinched nerve and a like irritated muscle. But that and I just kept working it. Kept work. I was like work it out. You know, da 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 da. And I remember days where I would literally be here and I would be typing with just my right hand because like I could barely move my left hand. But did I rest? Nope. (laughs) And my body was like, hello, one of your arms is basically unusable and you're still not resting. Mm. What are you doing? So I went to the doctor and I did all the things and then I went to physical therapy. And then after physical therapy and I started to feel better, I was like, this is a mental thing. Mm -hmm. And then I went to counseling and guess what? My shoulder feels amazing now because I got to the root of the issue Mm -hmm. and I was like, that workout was not for me. And so now I'm kind of to the point that was like two years ago. Now I'm kind of to the point where I haven't done a workout routine since then because now I'm like, I'm going to take it to the extreme again. (laughs) So I'm like kind of trying to get back to that healthy balance. And this past year I have went up a size. So I'm trying to like mentally deal with that, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you feel good. Mm -hmm. Like you're mentally in a really good space. You drink a ton of water. You don't eat when you're not hungry. Let's just be at peace with that. So that's kind of where I am right now. (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, I definitely relate to everything that you're talking about. So I want to know a little bit more about what is good food. And you say a lot that you believe in real food. And you said that you're not hating on like some processed foods and things like that. So walk us through like exactly what that means. Yeah, I think when many of us are trying to get healthy, we tend to focus on the minutia and forget about the big picture. We forget about the fact that we have eaten food forever since the beginning of time. And so when I talk about believing in real food, I don't mean I believe in only ever eating real food, but when I talk about real food, I mean getting back to the basics, right? So getting back to what we have eaten for thousands of years, food that your great, great, great grandmother would actually recognize as food, right? Ingredient foods. So the foods that go into ingredients, the foods that you would bring into your house to make a dish instead of something that's, you know, prepackaged and already made for us for the most part. Because when we do that, most of what we're worried about when it comes to our health, it just starts to work itself out because we're giving ourselves both those those macronutrients, those carbohydrates, that fat, that protein that our body needs, and those micronutrients, those vitamins, the minerals, the phytonutrients that our body needs. Our body is getting those things when we are just simply focusing on eating more real whole foods. And I say more because some of us did grow up like me and we ate a lot of processed foods and it is is a transition to include more of those into our lives. But the more we include them and the better we feel, I think the easier it is to continue to include them. So I encourage everyone that I work with to experiment with new recipes, see how you can maybe swap out one of the ingredients you might have used for a number of years. How can you bring in something that's a little bit more of a real food option? And by that, I mean, you know, something where you can recognize the ingredients and it doesn't have to be something that feels hard. It doesn't have to be something that is a grand overhaul. In fact, research shows us that grand overhauls lead to grand fails. <laughs> really, that is not you know yeah. a specific scientific study that says grand fails, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but they do, you yeah. know, overhauls. And you know, I talk about restriction, the restriction and rebellion cycle. The more we restrict ourselves and tell ourselves no, 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 the more inclined we are to rebel against that. So it's not about you know I'm just going to clear everything out of my pantry and my fridge and I'm going to start anew and I'm never going to eat another processed food, it's how can we start adding in more of these foods that are just naturally nutrient dense, that our body knows how to process, that are full of those enzymes that our body already knows how to digest. And like I said, all of those phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals that our body knows how to process. Our blood sugar starts to naturally balance when we have things like fiber and enough protein. So we have less of those spikes and drops of energy throughout the day and we start feeling more energized. We start feeling more even moods. And I think the more we add those in, like I said, it compounds on itself and it becomes easier and simpler to eat in a way that feels good for us. And then from there, once we kind of start with the basics. So first we have to start with getting our mindset right and remembering that, you know, food is just food. It doesn't change anything about us if we choose a processed food, if we eat the brownie. So getting, you know, moving away from that like guilty mindset around food that many of us have, if we have been on diets or plans or things like that, that comes first. The mindset comes first and then bringing in more of those real foods. And from there, it becomes a lot easier to start really telling what, what feels good in our bodies and what doesn't. So a few years ago, I love to use this example because it's so random, but a few years ago, I started noticing that I was having some strange food reactions and I've done a, you know, a variety of like food sensitivity testing and things like that um, in the past, but I couldn't figure out what was happening to me. And I had one very odd experience where I went out to lunch with my parents and we went and had burgers and fries and I had both of my kids. So it was about two years ago. My, my youngest was really itty bitty and I was driving home. So they live about a half an hour away and I had to pull the car over because I felt like I was going to pass out. At first, I thought it was sort of a blood sugar low, but I was thinking about it like, this doesn't make sense. It was only like maybe half an hour after we had eaten. That's really quick from your blood sugar to go up and down that quickly. So I stopped and I was a little bit dizzy and I was, I called my dad and I was about to ask him to come and pick us up because I was so nervous and it, it dissipated. I was in, you know, maybe 15 minutes. Thankfully, the little one was asleep and the other one was very gracious with me and we, we went on our way, but I was very tired and groggy for the rest of the day. 
day. So I ended up doing some more food sensitivity testing. And because I was like, this isn't right. This isn't normal. Something's going on. And come to find out I'm highly sensitive to potatoes. So of all things, potatoes. So I have um, an immune sensitivity. So it's not an anaphylactic allergy, but they make me very tired. They make me almost pass out. And it's happened since then. So I'll eat the occasional fry because I mean, who doesn't love the occasional fry? (laughs) But that's just a choice I make for my body now, knowing that that doesn't feel good in my body. And I probably could have figured it out without the food sensitivity testing. It's not like I don't recommend food sensitivity testing as a blanket for everyone. But we start to know when we when we take away the, oh, I have to eat this, the good and bad lists of food. And you know, I have to eat this. I have to eat that. I should eat this. I shouldn't eat that. When we take that away, we just start focusing on, okay, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to ask my body what my body wants. I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. I'm going to stop when I'm, when I'm full. And I'm going to bring in some more real foods. It becomes a lot easier to discern these foods feel good and these foods don't. Or this amount of food feels good and this amount doesn't feel so great. That's that's the struggle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It feels like a struggle, but it doesn't have to be, right? It really yeah. doesn't have to be, but I think it does come down to getting back to those basics. Yeah. I was actually going through that last night. I made burritos and I so badly wanted to finish everything on my plate just because it was so yummy. I ate probably three or four bites that I wasn't really hungry. Like I was definitely full. <laughs> But I was just like, got to finish it. It's so good. Don't waste it, you know. And then I was like, wait, stop. And I I threw like the last two bites away, you know, just loving food so much. So, oh my gosh, I just want to ask you everything in the world. So, okay. So let's jump to this question. I want to know a little bit more of your opinion on why you think specifically women have that on again, off again approach. Why do we do this to ourselves? Well, I talk a lot about this concept of balance and something I think I've heard a lot in the last couple of years is, you know, women coming back and saying, well, balance isn't possible. It's just non-existent. We can't find balance. It's just impossible. And I tend to believe the opposite. I believe that balance is possible, but I believe that our definition of balance is off. I think so many of us want the balance. We crave the balance of eating the foods that make us feel good and then also having those guilt-free treats, having that birthday cake at a party and not feeling like we need to eat the whole cake to be satisfied. And But you know, in our heads, we tell ourselves it's bad. And when we tell ourselves it's bad, well, then we want more yeah. of it, just like just like as kids, when our parents or as parents, when we tell our kids they can't have something, they just want it that much more. Or we tell them they can't have it until, yep. or, oh, you can't have that treat until you eat all your broccoli. How fast do they eat their broccoli? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we oftentimes have that mindset, but we have this idea that, okay, we want this balance, right? We want it where we we eat really well most of the time. And when I say, well, it's just what feels good for you most of the time. And then we have those guilt-free treats. But the reality is, the way that we tend to approach it, the way that we think or what we think balance is, is really striving for perfection where we're like, if we are perfect, if we just follow the plan all week long, then we can have our cheat day. You can earn it. You can earn it. Yes, Yes. exactly. If you earn the treat, then you can have it. But then what happens is we've probably been thinking about that treat all week long. And then we feel out of control around it by the time our cheat meal or cheat day or whatever happens. So we are looking for this whole, this sense of perfection where I can't mess up. I've got to do really, really good. And we are, we are quote unquote good. We tell ourselves we're good. We do well, you know, for a week or two weeks, couple weeks. And then we get to that point where we go maybe off the walls. And because we haven't allowed ourselves any pleasure out of food or or at least not the thing that we've been wanting and i love to use the example that our body our body doesn't know the difference between having an oreo on a wednesday and having an oreo on a saturday but our body does know the difference between just having an oreo on a wednesday and eating an entire package on a saturday but that's what we tend to do right we're like no i'm going to resist i'm going to be good i'm going to resist i can't have it i'm going to be so good and then on saturday we can't handle ourselves because we think that balance looks like perfection and then oh it's just going to magically we're just going to magically sprinkle in a couple of treats here and there and that's not true true balance. So balance, what balance really is, or what I believe it is, instead of looking 
looking at a beam where on one side it's your food and you've got to be really good and one side it's your movement and you've got to be really good with that. And you just have to constantly try and balance those things out and then you're a healthy person. But what Mm. I've realized is balance is not, it's not a balance beam. It's a circle. It's 360 and you have your physical health. You've got your mental health. You've got your emotional health. You've got your spiritual health and all of these things, they ebb and flow. And the goal is simply just to have them as even as possible at any point. Sometimes we need to lean in a little bit more, like you're saying to your mental health. And that does affect our physical health because when our mental health is good, we have the energy and we have the mental capacity to take care of ourselves a little bit better. Same thing with our emotional health. When our emotional health is good, we're not oftentimes turning to food for emotional reasons, for boredom or stress or anxiety. So it is so much more than just the food we eat. So when we kind of broaden our view of wellness and from just trying to be perfect and just try and be really good about our eating and then we can have the treat and then we can earn the treat and go, okay, balance actually happens over time. And balance is so much more than just this one part of my eating So how can I simply make the next best decision for my body? What is that? And sometimes the next best decision for your body is to just eat the Oreo because you've been thinking about it all day long, or maybe two or three. I'm not saying you have to, you can only have one (laughs) Oreo, but you know, if you're thinking about it all day long, the next best decision is probably to just have it and get it out of your system and then move on so that you don't end up eating an entire package every Saturday. That's balance. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and not needing to like feel like you have to make up for it the next mm-hmm. day. Our bodies know how to process food. Going back to our bodies are so smart. They're so full of knowledge. And we tend to give our bodies way less credit than we should. That yeah. they, Our body knows how to process a few Oreos. It's fine. Our, just like our body knows how to process kale. Does it process kale? A little bit easier than Oreos, probably, but that's okay. And the balance comes when you are eating the foods that actually feel good for your body and the ones that actually taste good and are going to satisfy you because your body knows when you're never satisfied. That's when we seek out that satisfaction later on. And we tend to go a little bit, you know, overboard or overeat on the weekends or after a few weeks on a plan or something like that. We self-sabotage ourselves because we are searching for that perfection. So I think balance really, and you know, getting off of that on again, off again cycle is about looking at it instead of, oh, I'm gonna do good, or I'm gonna be, I'm gonna start again on Monday, but know that it's an ebb and flow, and that it's natural that sometimes we eat a few more treats than other times. It's not about needing to like go 100% in the opposite direction. It's going, okay, what's the next best decision I can make for my body? If it's been a weekend, like we've got 4th of July weekend coming up, recording this a little bit early for when it comes out. And I am certainly going to enjoy some delicious 4th of July foods, maybe a glass of sangria, things like that. And you know what? Is my body going to be like at its optimal, healthiest, most energized, feel great on Monday? Probably not, but that's okay because it's life and I enjoyed it and I experienced it and I no longer (laughs) feel like I need to start again on Monday. On Monday, I just make the next best decision for my body and that's whatever sounds good for breakfast and would feel good for breakfast. And I do have routines in place, um, which I love to talk about too, that make these things a lot easier, but it isn't necessarily about like constantly trying to correct ourselves as it is going with the flow. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I just feel like you just took so much weight off of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like I just needed to hear everything that you just said. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Like so much. And I'm sure everyone listening is like feeling the same way for Mm -hmm. sure. Because I'm just like, you know, it's no fun to be the one at the birthday party who doesn't eat the cake, you know? And I definitely have been there. I just, as you were telling that story, had this memory of going to a friend's baby shower when I was on a diet and literally just had fruit and water. And I remember sitting there and being so grumpy, like that's not living an abundant life. And, but also the other side of it, eating the whole entire package of Oreos. I've done that too. And hiding Mm -hmm. it. Uh, It's funny that you say Oreos because that is my go to after my kids are asleep. Like that is my (laughs) thing. And, um, I remember talking to my counselor about it and being like, I'll go and grab, you know, a stack of Oreos and bring back to bed and watch TV. And I've caught myself 
eating one or two before I go back to the bedroom. So my husband won't know how many I've had. So he'll think I only had three, but I actually had like five or six. And she's like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> like, that's a mental issue, a heart issue that you've got to work through there. Like, mm-hmm. why are you hiding it? What, what's going on? And so we like dug into that. And so I've definitely been on both ends of the spectrum as mm-hmm. I'm sure most women have. And it's just like the, the loving yourself and the working it out. And mm-hmm. I love, love, love what you said about the circle of balance. Mm-hmm. And that is what I teach all the time with, with our relationship with money and with our yeah. goals and with, I mean, it's everything you can, you can apply that mm-hmm. too yes. because it is not, it's the same thing. We talk about the exact same thing with money. Mm-hmm. If you are super, super strict and you only save and you never have fun with money, you're going to be miserable. But also if you indulge and you waste all of your money, you're going to also be miserable. Yes. Oh, I have <laughs> so, been there too in both of those places in, in the past. <laughs> yeah. So one extreme or the other is not healthy. And, um, and we definitely, we go through phases where it's like, okay, let's have a little fun. Let's relax. Let's spend a little extra. Oh, okay. We're working towards this goal. Let's save a little more. And the same can go for our food. And so I'm going to apply it to money so I will understand it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. I'm just so thankful that you shared that. So I love to like wrap up my interviews by asking if someone is listening and they're just, your story just really relates to them. And they're like, yep, that's, that's so me. What would you tell that former version of yourself? If you could just give her like one piece of advice, what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. I think I would tell her, first of all, you are loved no matter what size your body is, no matter how fit you are, or, you know, no matter how hard you strive, you're loved. And then, you know, I would tell her that your body knows what's best for her. It's okay to enjoy food. It's okay to enjoy cooking. It's okay to enjoy healthy eating and enjoy movement. And all of these, they can live together. And it is way less complicated than you might think if you lean into what your body is asking for, if we start to trust our bodies and remember that our bodies have always been on our side. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a few of your resources that I am going to link to in the show notes, just like binge reading your website and following you on Instagram. Um, You had a great Instagram video pretty recently that was like four tips for creating a healthier relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was like, Okay, we're going to talk about this this mental issue behind all of this. You have like a free web class that's eight secrets to balanced eating and you just have mm-hmm. so many amazing resources. So I'm going to link to those specifically as well as your Instagram, your podcast, your website, all of that because I know people are like, I've got to hear more mm-hmm. <laughs> from this girl. Like I've got to learn more. <laughs> I will definitely link to all that. What can people look forward to seeing from you in the future? Like, what do you have going on in your world? Well, I am all about mindset meets practicality. So something that I have going on always, I have one an evergreen course that's called Uncomplicated Eating. And so if they are looking for more on how to find freedom with food and really find this place of balance, that would be the first place I would recommend that they go. And that's always available um, on my website or on uncomplicatedeating.com. So that is that like number one resource I point people to first. And on the practical side of things, um, because I did work as a personal chef for a number of years, something that I became very proficient in and I love to talk about is meal prepping. But just like with nutrition, there is no one size fits all. So when I talk about meal prep and food prep, I don't talk about it in like, this is the one way you should do it. I give people different options on how to make it work for their life. So I have a course that I created a few years ago. So I'm um, re-releasing that in the fall. We've redone the entire thing. So that's called Healthy Mama Meal Prep. So I have that coming out. Um, And I have a little free meal planning challenge coming up in September as well, if they're interested in the practical side of how do I make this healthy living thing work without having to go on a plan or add in more rules because it doesn't fit into my busy mama life. And I know it doesn't fit into a lot of other moms as well. So that is so awesome. (laughs) I am just grateful that you hung out with us and shared like so much wisdom. And I know we could probably talk for hours because I have like a hundred more questions to ask you, but, um, but I appreciate you taking this time to talk to us and to share. It was so fun to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Such a great conversation. Yeah. 
Yes. Thank you. Okay, guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.